Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Flames Fancast. We are recording immediately after the Tuesday night Jets game. It's a 3-2 loss in Winnipeg, unfortunately. Um, lots to discuss from those two games for a while, but there's lots to discuss uh, in general. So, I mean, I guess we'll start from the beginning where we left last podcast really excited about our start to the season a bit uh, prematurely, perhaps, and then we went on to lose three in a row. Um, we won't be doing that again. <laughs> Bye. I mean, it's our fault. It's our fault that the Flames lost three in a row. Hopefully not again. It's been a while since that losing skid. How how do you feel it occurred, and how do you feel we bounced back out of it? Well, I think it started with really bad first periods. We start off the game flat-footed, and we put ourselves in that position where we're sitting there fighting for the game tooth and nail. You're, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage by saying, I'll just play 40 out of the 60 minutes a game. And when reality, you have to compete every minute. So when you start off on that footing, I mean, you're making it way worse for yourself. And we're a good team, but we're not good enough to keep doing that every game. Once in a while, I get it. Like, we're not perfect, but you can't, you can't start games off like that. I, I think, to your point, it's not sustainable to be giving up two goal leads and then being bailed out by your goaltender in in most cases and trying to come back um we're giving we're giving away soft first periods like you outlined and it's costing us mm-hmm. it's costing us points and i don't think you can play a entire season of divisional hockey like that and expect for things to maintain and do well but uh i just feel like we're a team that doesn't build that familiarity sometimes i feel like when we play other teams, when they start figuring us out, we almost have no answer. Yeah. Whereas, whereas sometimes, like, I feel like it's harder for us to figure out a team than it is to figure us out for whatever yeah. reason. Maybe I'm being biased because we're Flames fans. But I mean, uh, well, we watch the Flames game in, game out, right? We know our gameplay. We know kind of what's happening. But it's not like the other teams don't do that either. No, of course not. But And especially when you're only playing six other teams, you're watching every game. Yeah, absolutely. So it, just, it just seems like we get figured out pretty quick. Wow. And then you're playing these guys like four times in a row, right? It just... Uh, our penalty kill has been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, especially in that first game against Winnipeg. Just, you just notice the number of defense-splitting cross-ice passes they're getting for one-timers in the slot. And you, you just can't... You can't continue to give up those chances. You can't continue to allow teams to do that to you and ex- expect to win hockey games. No, no. And I think that's probably that's probably more a reason why we've we've had slumpy games. Like we just for whatever reason it just seems like either it's just a motivation thing or something, but I feel like once you have that like one defining play on the penalty kill, like a major block or like a crazy a save. A big save, yeah. Like then maybe you see a bit of that spark, but for whatever reason, either maybe it's just the sequence of bad events and the penalty kill that, you know, we let in some pretty shit goals, man. Like I, straight yeah, up. Absolutely. Like that I, slot area is just wide fucking just, open. Just plays that you're, you know, coached to not allow happen at the eight to 10 year old level. Yeah. It's, it's like, Hey, if there's a guy open in the slot, maybe yeah. pick him up. Like don't allow that cross ice pass. And it's gotta be no nonsense hockey, right? Like it's gotta be the second you think you can just take a whack at the puck, do it. Any, any type of like deflection on that puck, away from its original route is going to always fuck up the team. 
it'll fuck your guys up, but it'll fuck their guys up too. And it gives you that 10 seconds, three seconds, four seconds, two seconds to even just adjust and get back into shape. Because by and large, a lot of those goals were a lack of like kind of realizing where your space is, where your man is, right? Because we do that zonal four thing like everybody else. But whenever that cross-size pass goes, it just feels like those guys are a little bit more open than our guys are yeah. on our power play. It's not. I want to ask you as well, you know, what do you think was really said at that uh, players only meeting? And do you think there's been any significant changes coming from that? Because I've still see us come out in the first periods awfully flat sometimes. And yeah. it doesn't look like our effort ma- levels are necessarily matching the other team. On a consistency basis, for sure. We, we, we've played Winnipeg twice now. Uh, well, we played or, a, sorry, we yeah. played three times, right? Yeah. Uh, but the last two games specifically, it seems like Winnipeg comes out consistently, whereas we're just like this Jekyll and Hyde shit again. I think we're a better team than Winnipeg, clearly. I think so, too. We're, we're just not... The scoreboard's not saying that. We've lost two to them, and we've only won one. I do think we're one of the best teams in this division. We just don't play up to our potential every night. Yeah. Or some nights we don't even play close to that. I do think out of that player meeting, though, it, what I would hope if I'm the coach of the Flames, I'm probably hoping, okay, that team meeting is for them to kind of have their bonding, for them to get on each other, for them to start stepping up and leading by example. And the one person I've been seeing that mostly from is Johnny because he's stepping up. He's getting double shifted. He's got an eight point scoring streak now. Like there's, he's doing everything right. And he's doing some of the things that I used to see in his first two seasons that are coming back again, where he's a bit of hunger. Yeah. A bit of that hunger for sure. That's the perfect way of putting it. And you know, that backtracking, like sometimes he's doing that now, lift the stick, get the puck back. Like, that's the thing that like Datsuk used to do like in a really slick way. Um, you never thought that he'd be a big defensive player, Datsuk, but he was. He was actually amazing at kind of picking the puck. So, you know, like I am seeing some like Maddie was in a bit of a rut, right? Maybe he could he used that and look, he got two fucking points this game. Um, but I think I look at the players' meeting as more like guys. Okay, let's get it together. Not not nothing too crazy, right? Do you think that? Perhaps, and I know we've been critical of Johnny on this podcast before, and particularly his character. He actually responded well to kind of not being the bona fide number one guy. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's just a function of him giving him. I guess maybe the coach finally said, or we have a coach that says, this is your team. You got to, you may not be, you may not have the C on your jersey, but everyone still looks to you to perform. And maybe that's what he needed. Maybe. And to be fair, we're not like critical of his like off ice character or anything, but it just seemed like he was pouty uh, some games and all that stuff. He would just drop off. Lacked, I guess you could say, lacked leadership qualities. And it's yeah, exactly. And it's more. And I'm I'm pretty sure I'm speaking on behalf of both of us. It's more to know that we know what he's capable of. Yeah. And then we see off games, and yes, it happens. But when you consistently started seeing that, and it just felt like he was, you know, falling off a cliff performance wise you get frustrated as a fan and i'm sure as him he nobody's probably a bigger critic than him on himself no i agree yeah well maybe us but i uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think he yeah he probably beats himself i'm up. i'm honestly very very 
pleased with Goudreau's performances this season. He's been a leader on the ice. And I think if you're, you know, we've been critical of him and his, his leadership qualities. And I, I think nothing speaks higher than his play this season. He's been phenomenal, I think, for us. And he's, he's carried this team. He's been getting double shifted. He's been playing well. He's been given that opportunity to play. And he's taken it uh, full steam ahead. Like, I've been, I know he's our star, but, you know, we were really questioning his desire to be here and his long-term uh, viability with the Flames and his playoff performances. And I think maybe he had an off-season last year, and he's come back um, really, really, really well this year and played played hard. And, you know, the best part of his game has really come through. And you just listen to opposing teams and opposing uh, colored commentators speak about him, and they're scared of a player like that. Like to give to give Goudreau that kind of uh, space and open ice is not something they want to do, and you know I I feel like he's been given more respect, especially this year, by the opposition because of his ability to to find that and his vision. Um, he's just he's been he's been our he's been our leader on the ice, that's for sure, and I think we've desperately needed that because of you look at the diminished role of Gio and Anderson stepped in well there, but uh, but I think like could it also be a function that we have guys that are maturing as well guys that yeah are, like you know you have a manjapani have a dube who are now stepping up a little bit more manjapani is still he's off to a slow start but dube has been really good well, i don't i think manjapani has been playing well it's just been it's just not clicking not, in the net yeah yet, right? and like, yeah dube has been playing well as well yeah. i i like his return his grit um i think he he really compliments a player like kachuk and he fits in For well sure. on that lindholm line with them For sure. Um, but you know, yeah, like, like we were watching the shootout yesterday and baffled to see Levo come out ahead of Goudreau, yeah, especially I, with that Goudreau goal in the shootout. I, look, I, I, I appreciate Levo's role in this team. Like he's obviously that he's a guy you can rely on on many situations. But when it comes to goal scoring, um, when it comes to doing a shootout, when you have a guy like Johnny who's so hot right now, it was baffling to me that he was the third shooter and Johnny was the fourth shooter. When in reality, when you're putting that list in your head together, like the fourth shooter is kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Because no. how often do you go to the fourth shooter? I, I don't know what the stat is, but I'd wager not much. Right. And it's not a guarantee. It's definitely not a guarantee. And, and frankly, the only reason why we made it that far in the shootout is because of Markstrom. Because well, maybe it was a coaching move of the century. Who knows? It could have been, but I doubt it. Not I doubt it time. too. Like, and if I was Goudreau, I would have been pretty disappointed that I wasn't the third shooter. You put again. I'm not knocking Lievo, but we have someone better, more tuned to that situation. It didn't make sense to me. And to be honest, like I know, I know you're talking about yeah. Milan Lucic like that. <laughs> to be honest, like you want to reward players for performance i get that and maybe you give them the shootout opportunity because in the end the shootout one point advantage is it's not probably do or die but it's not like Levo was kind of sticking out to me as a star performer that game either to to kind of warrant that maybe it was something that ward was just like i just need to inject this guy with some confidence right if he scores a shootout goal for the winner i just want a guy for maybe his confidence back or something like that i don't know could be part mental games there. Let's let's shift a bit to the defense, and I wanted to ask you: Do you think that Nesterov's performance have, have warranted keeping players like Shillington and Stone out of the team? Yeah, 
or is it is it perhaps a bit just keeping a steady partner for Valamaki? Who who in fairness has had a bit of a rough go of it lately, but has he's performed he's couple, performed yeah. well. I mean Yeah, much better last To me games. it's just a, a lot of hard breaks for a young player and he's responded well. I think he's going to be He's going to be a good player for us. There was a great post by Rasmus, or, I, or it might have been a soundbite from his interview, but he was basically like, look, the guy was away from the game for a year. He tore his ACL, yeah. had a major injury. He just started playing back in Europe, which is a different type of game. And now this is like the first 10 games of the season. Like, give the guy time. Don't worry about it, right? And in and, and all fairness, like, yeah, there was some rough games there, but last couple of games have been great. I, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure you have, but I have seen him get exposed to the first line from time to yeah, time. Yeah, well, it that, might be uh, a timing thing on the on that the pass changes, for Johnny in the game yesterday. Yeah, it was a beauty, beauty pass, Fuck. absolute laser, vision, vision, perfect touch, perfect weight. It was good. So I mean, defense, defense, and especially tonight. You know, we were remarking on Hannafin's play. We need to see more of that. That kind of confidence moving in. You know, trusting his hockey skill ability we haven't seen so much of that from him perhaps it's just having this steady partner in Tanev yeah maybe that's the defining moment for him who right? to or me defining difference kind of really looks like a meth addict but also is way more <laughs> stable than Brody yeah like I think Tanev brings a consistency don't you think I like he you know who he reminds me of steady Eddie like Robin Regeer yeah, yeah. Like he really reminds me of Robin Regeer. I think that's a great comparison. Yeah, he reminds me of Regeer when I see... Not looks at all or anything. <laughs> Both of them are unique in their looks. Tanev just looks like that wannabe rocker. He from looks like, like a better looking, but also not better looking Mike Ricci. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the hair. He's got the flow. Well, he and gives no right? fucks, right? He's making $5 million a year. But oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't give a fucking no, shit. He's I, just like, well, fuck you. I'm rich. What are you going to do about it, right? But like, seriously, he looks like... Later. Yeah. He... I don't know why we're talking. You know about what? This. He's absolutely fucking crushing it in life. Well, we heard. Look, look at what, him. Was it the other game? They haven't let in a goal five on five. Hannafin and uh, Tanner. Yeah, I mean, and that's a testament to maybe you give him first line minutes. Honestly. Oh, I don't think we play. I don't think we play first line D. Like we're not no, playing. We uh, no one's getting thirty minutes on our team. No, right? we don't. But like, you want to give those guys maybe more time on PP one, right? Maybe you give those guys. Like, I don't. Like I don't a, think Tanev is a not a power Tanev, play guy. but more like a Valmaki, right? Or sure. sorry, a, a, sorry, Hannafin, not Valmaki. But I, if I'm giving power play minutes to anybody, it's it's Valimaki, Hannafin, and Anderson. Uh, Anderson because the other guys aren't going to cut it. Geo can do it, but um, so you need to. You know, if Valimaki, Valimaki maybe should get some power play minutes at some point. But again, I don't want to take away from Rasmus's development and. Gio, of course, has earned that time because he can do it, and he's a great player. So I don't... But yeah, Tan- Tanev has been... Honestly, there's a couple players I've been pleasantly surprised with so far this season. Um, Goudreau, obviously, I was hoping he'd have that bounce back. We even had that in our preview of the season where we were both saying, like, we're back on the Johnny kind of... Before the season started, in fairness. So we're not jumping on a bandwagon. We're more... We were hoping for this kind of reaction. Um, but a couple guys that stand out to me, um, you know, obviously Dubé, but I really didn't put much credence in the Tanev signing. I thought that was just so ho-hum, who cares? But actually... He's fit in well. He's fit in well, and it just feels like Hannafin has actually 
elevated himself a bit, maybe from the confidence of having the stay-at-home guy now with him. I, well, I just think that you just uh, have th- three pairings that are solidified. Day in, day out, you know who's going with who. You work with that guy all day, every day. You're with him all the time. It, it just builds chemistry. Yeah, and it feels and like the body language is better between the two. I, I agree, and you know we really, we really love our right stick, left stick pairings, but uh, I'm sure most teams do. But it, it just it does feel like there's a lot more confidence between the pairings. And, you know, a lot of the goals that have been scored on us have been lucky, in fairness, especially Absolutely. at the beginning half of the season. And, you know, you look at some of those goals that came in. And other times, it, it, we, <laughs> you know, there haven't been any just kind of like, okay, yeah, that was a good goal. It's been like, wow, we really shit the bed defensively. Or like, oh, my God, how many Bounce bounces does like it? Yeah. Guys. yeah. But I think that, you know... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think our season starts and will be defined by the game on Saturday because we're playing Edmonton, hockey night in Canada, 8 o'clock. Like, we haven't played them yet this season. We're the only team in the whatever, Scotiabank, fuckwad division not to play Ottawa yet. <laughs> so that's, that's a detriment to us because they're awful. Yeah, they, I mean, I haven't seen a team shit the bed this hard no, in a long time. and they suck a lot. And... But like, they don't even. It almost looks like they're just like so resigned to it too. Oh, uh, like, I, I, I mean, I it, don't blame them. I guess. I but. wish we'd played them a bit when they were like this, because maybe they turn it around and they. <laughs> yeah, it, it just pisses me us, off how we don't have that kind of puck luck. Watch us play them at the worst fucking yeah, time of I the know, fucking season. But <laughs> of course, they're gonna fucking score nine against us or some shit. Like whoever their fucking guy is on center there, like. Yeah, like and I mean, this division, is, this division is up for the taking. Like, Montreal's run doesn't seem sustainable. Vancouver seem like they're kind of a shell of what they used to be. Like, I can't believe they valued Demko over Markstrom. Like, oh my god, I still don't understand why they did that. Um, Edmonton or Edmonton, Winnipeg or Winnipeg. I mean, Edmonton's a one-line team still. Like, Toronto has a bunch of names, but I mean... There's a soft underbelly to them that I feel that can be exploited. I just remember watching the Toronto game. Like, if we really wanted to, we could make a mockery of these guys. But it just seems like we don't really want to. And maybe that's our problem sometimes. But uh, but that inconsistency kills us. I agree. We, we keep saying I agree. that. We keep saying that. Sure, maybe on paper, we, are, we, are, we have that advantage as a general average on the team. But if we don't show it on the ice, then it doesn't fucking matter. We can kill anybody then. Who cares, right? Like, it's kind of... The, the, the Toronto games actually pissed me off the most because it really was in our hands yeah. a lot of those times. Sure, we... Those were... I mean, those were the games that we saw those goals that banked off, like, fucking four skates and go in. But, I mean, you got to take that and say, like, well, fuck lucky shit. I'm going to fucking score on you. you. You can't be like, oh, oh, they scored on us. Oh. Yeah, you know, I know. Like, and just start crying and then can't wait to go jack off at home or something. Like, you can't do that shit. <laughs> I'm serious. No, but like, you, you just can't like, like, look, like it's a bad metaphor, but you just can't fucking <laughs> masturbate every time okay. fucking you get oh, I, uh, so many fucking <laughs> shit goals against you. So, uh, anyway. How about Markstrom? Fucking so good. I mean, he's probably the, why is that so funny? Just go, Markstrom. It's true though. Anyway, yeah. so, the Markstrom, <laughs> he's, <laughs> what the fuck, man? I think he's the best. Okay, early. It's early. It's early, and we he's clearly good. we clearly have the power of jinx on this team, but or on this podcast. But he has looked 
incredibly good and incredibly solid, and we haven't seen that in a while. Uh, he's the best goalie we've had since Kiprasov. Yeah. That's I mean, the jinx right you, there. You, I know, but you just did it. But I think like it's just a matter of knowing every time he's in net, I feel a little bit calmer. And you were telling me that Goudreau said that in an interview. Yeah, like he, I, you know, Goudreau post, post-game interview with Manjupani last game, there was a question thrown at him about how he feels with Markstrom, blah, blah. You can tell that like, Goudreau's answer was something to do with, like, we trust him back there. It's good to have that trust. It gives you confidence. Like, it's not a shot at Riddick or anything. I think it's more of a general yeah. s- observation. A of compliment the last, to Markstrom. Yeah, like, it's kind of like it's a compliment to him to give him a boost. But at the same time, Goudreau's been around for a while for our team. He's seen, like, seven goalies. So he's probably sitting going, like, yeah, it's about time. Right? Yeah. Because that's ultimately that's what holds back the team from going to the next level anyhow. Is a fucking good goalie. Well, we got that now. Yeah, now it's on Johnny and Monty and all the other crew. Bennett, Backland. Um I mean Markstrom's been great. Uh I have Really nothing to add to what you said other than we should just play him as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And and we are. We really are. There, I mean, at the beginning, we it played looks him like, like it's over for Riddick. He's, yeah. He played better tonight, and he's played okay. Um, but uh, just some kind of soft goals coming in a bit early. I know that tip goal tonight, people were like, ooh, but I, I felt like he should have saved that. And I know you didn't, but I felt like, ah... Uh, you know, like upon kind of like reflection, if he had just positioned himself in the net, I agree with you. Like, if he just needed to really be in the crease at that point, then he had a way better chance it's, of saving. To that. me, it just as a goalie, you have those cat-like reflexes, and his reflex was kind of fluttering around mm-hmm. rather than re- reacting exactly to the way the tip would have went. He did, which can occur. He did look like he was fighting it a bit too at the beginning here. He's probably fighting a lot because if you're a guy like that who was the supposed number one and then you bring in a guy like Markstrom, your career's done here. Like, yeah, unless, unless yeah. you want to play backup for the... He doesn't. He's not that kind of guy. I don't think Fair so. Fair play to him. Like, you don't... <laughs> I, again, it's not great to have a backup who thinks they're going to be backup, right? Yeah, you kind of want a guy that has that... That fight in him. But Mentality that thinks I can challenge this number one guy. I, I believe in myself. I can do it. I don't think Riddick has that anymore. And maybe, maybe that's that advantage of having such a long bullshit culture of 1A, 1B. Like maybe there is some weird deep down like hope that if he gets a couple wins on in a row, maybe he gets more looks. But, you know, personally, I don't want to see that rewarded again because it just doesn't fucking work. It well, he, work. he's got no wins, so... Yeah, I know, but it's a weird fine line to keep him motivated, but at the same time, let him know that this is your your goalie B, man. There's nothing more to it, right? And unfortunately, like we, I mean, we haven't seen Deming live, really. But Buddy, Deming's worse than Riddick. I'm not. I'm not saying he's better by any means, but I think the coaching staff can say to Riddick if Riddick causes a fuss, which I don't think he would. He doesn't seem like that character, but. He says, look, you either start playing me more or I'm going to go. And then the coach says, like, well, we got other guys. So, yeah, we can figure that out for you, right? To me, those signings were for that conversation, really. 
Well, I Sparks was this, on a PTO. Yeah, but I still have this like red pill theory that we we kind of got all those other goalies just to kind of put pressure on Riddick. Be like, we got replacements for you. They're not better than you, but if you want to go, we're ready to do it. Right? I think I think he might be a trade deadline move. Ah, oh, wow. I mean, it, unless you're wanting goalie depth. Yeah, it's but- a bit early. But I'm just, you know. He's, I don't think he's staying. He's a UFA after this. Yeah, he's I don't, not well, staying. If you have Markstrom, there's, unless he's, look, again, I agree with you. I don't think he's this type of guy. But if he's willing to stay as a backup and take, you know, reasonable pay, fine. I would welcome that all day. But I don't think that's going to happen. Who knows? Who knows? COVID, free agents. I, who knows? Let's talk about Bennett. Um, the trade request dropped. When was it? Saturday night? Yeah, I think so. Saturday night that he wanted a trade. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of animosity between him. Like, he's honestly played better after that news came out. It felt like a weight was lifted off his shoulders to me. Yeah, maybe there was um, just a conversation that... But here's my here's my take on it. So, A, I feel like we kind of screwed Bennett because he never got a look in really at center with us. He was shifted out to the wing because I think he was a good player and we thought we could do that to him. And we had players like Matt Stajan who had to play center instead of Sam Bennett. So whatever, fuck me, right? Um, Next, I think this year the tipping point is he looks at players getting a look in on the top two lines like Simone, like uh, Levo. And he says, why the hell am I not getting a chance on there, especially now that you've got me on the wing? And I think that's a bit of a frustrating point for him, particularly as well when you look at players that are on the second line power play and he's not on there. Um, I might be a little ticked if I was him too. So, I think I couldn't agree more with everything you said there. He he has the, I don't want to say excuse, not an excuse, but he's kind of done what the franchise has wanted him to do rather than the franchise adopting what they need him to do to add value via his skill. So meaning they say, we have this many centers, so you can't play center right now, but maybe you can't. So do you need to put you on the wing? And then he says, okay, fine. But do you ever remember him having a shot at center, really? I mean, no, I don't. But He's a, He was a center when we drafted no, him. No, for sure. Just hear me out. So I think from Bennett's perspective, he's sitting there going, like, for the last, like, however many years, I've been adapting to your style. I've been adapting to what you guys need me to do. I've been playing on the third line this whole time. I get the odd look, the second and first line, the very odd look. I've done everything for you guys to at least give me that opportunity. I've tried, like, you know, in fairness, like, I, I expected more out of Bennett by now, but, at, but it, you know, we haven't really put him in a position to succeed either. I think a bit, too, is that in his draft year, you know who went ahead of him and who wasn't supposed to go ahead of him was Dreisaitl. Like, that year, we were actually slated to pick Dreisaitl. He was supposed to go fourth in our slot. Edmonton picked him second probably the right decision we got Bennett we we were excited to get Bennett because his his junior numbers were out of this world like it was 200 some points I think don't quote me on that but they were insane he was absolutely tearing junior 
a new asshole. And like, he just came to us and, you know, there was a whole thing about he couldn't do a pull up or a chin up or whatever the hell. And then he like did one and, you know, he's a physical player. He plays hard. He plays with grit. And I, you know, he's, we've kind of screwed his development. He got into the team. He played into the team. But at that point, we kind of rested on our laurels and didn't really take the chance to develop him. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm kind of siding with him then rather than the club here because I do feel like he was he was constantly saying, "Okay guys, okay guys, okay guys." Like he kept adapting to the Flames when in reality the Flames needed to somehow find that middle ground with him. Be like, "Okay, we got to get him center." Look, we have this we have this like uh I don't want to say that word, but we're totally scared. You know what word I was going to use, but we're totally scared of taking some chances and upsetting some guys on the team for the sake of fucking trying to develop someone. But so, <sighs> no, but like, hear me out. So you have, you have, uh, what's his face? Um, fuck, what was his name? Now I'm like getting old now. Can't remember anyone's name anymore. Um, Jankowski? No, not Jankowski. No, no, no. I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Stajan, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, you you almost prioritize guys like Stajan. You prioritize guys like Backland. When Backland was having bad seasons, you still uh, weren't trying fucking Bennett on the my, center. But, like, why aren't you trying that? My opinion of Backland is gone really downhill this year. It, it's a bad contract that we're stuck with yeah, for a I long time. And... You know, like I told you earlier, uh, Lindholm is the player Backlund should have been. Absolutely. Lindholm is that guy that can do everything, versatile, play center, play wing, like, and he's good at it. He can kill penalty. He's on our number. He's on our PK and our PP, and he does everything. Just exponentially better than what Backlund does. And Backlund's Backlund is another player who seems to have signed that big deal. Because we were afraid to lose him and is kind of coasted. He had maybe one or two good games this year, and that's about it. He's kind of happy to get like 40, just, 41 points a season, that's and that's... too ho-hum for me. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. But, but, this, is, but this, is, this is my problem. When you had Bennett, who looked to me like someone that... Look, if you had put Bennett and Backlund at the same fucking draft year, you would have picked Bennett. Absolutely. You would have picked Bennett 100 times out of 100. And my problem is, is that... We are too gutless as an organization sometimes to actually fucking take the risks and actually try to develop guys that we should have believed in more. Bennett was our highest draft pick in our history. And to sit there and then allow other guys to rest on their laurels because of their name or because of their contract or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like, I can't look at some of our coaches in the face, like our prior coaches specifically, because it feels like with Ward, Bennett is getting a bit of it more He's getting more confidence. But with other coaches, what I hate, take the chance. Make Bennett the second-line uh, second center. Why, I, what's the fucking downside that you put Backlund as I, a third-line center? I feel like center? as a coach and the kind of coaching profiles that we've had, Bennett has been an easy scapegoat. Because if you have to problem. make example of somebody, it's Bennett. Right. And Bennett, you know, Bennett's downside is he takes a lot of dumb penalties and he he sure. he makes a lot of dumb plays sometimes. Sure, but I I mean, and I'm not making an excuse, but maybe that's that underlying like fire like that he's but constantly it should disgruntled. Be, you right? know, the 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 most disappointing point for me is that Bennett has always taken those dumb penalties, and that should be coached out of him. 
that's a coach's job to be like, hey, Sam, um, maybe you should stop doing that. And here's how we're going to do it. And it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I get but that. it should have stopped by now. Absolutely. And it and hasn't. That's his fault. No, but that's his fault. That, that right? is his fault. But I also think if you're asking me, you know, the organization is more at fault here for the Bennett situation because the most damning thing is the most recent thing for me is that why are guys like Levo and Simon getting a look in on that top line when Bennett could be? Yeah, that that was to me like, and maybe that's what prompted the whole wants out of Calgary talk because he probably saw that some games like these guys just walked into the team and now they're playing first line. How the fuck does that work? I've been playing on this team for how many years? How's and, Levo on the second power and, play? And on yeah, exactly. And again, it's not a knock on Levo, but we have Bennett. Like Bennett should be playing there. Bennett should be getting way more minutes, and that's that's shame on the Flames for that well, one. You shouldn't you shouldn't turn a player like that into a third line checking player. No, that's, and it, like we see how effective he is in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he is always our best player in the play or among the best players in the playoffs. There's but, a reason for that. In fairness, I would say. To that argument, yes, he's good in the playoffs, but good players need to be good all the time. Yeah, I get that. But, dude, like, you... Okay, I agree with you. But you need that guy in the playoffs. I don't want to lose Bennett because he is a bit of that difference maker in the playoffs that you need. You need that. And, again, like, I, I get actually even more frustrated as we talk about it because I look back, and it's hindsight, I get it, but to put... Backlund as a third line center some games and put Bennett on the second line center that should have been happening way more often you should have been trying that and then staging fourth line center whatever or whoever was the fourth line at the time it's a fucking disgrace that we didn't try that and we didn't try it often because that to me sets a horrible precedent uh, precedent in this club that we constantly fucking uh, we reward guys mostly for their name and mostly for their contract and Lucic, as much as I like the guy in general on this team to have like a physical presence, bit of a deterrent guy, he's okay in the playoffs. He should not be playing on the power play whatsoever. I don't care if he's big body in front of the net. I don't see that becoming a reason why we make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. It's not that critical to me because that fucking giveaway today in the first period on that penalty kill was, okay, everyone makes mistakes, but that was a fuck up. <laughs> That was a fuck up, and he knows it too. That's uh, sure. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, but, I forgot to bring my lunch to work today. Yeah, but, but the, um, but I have a reaction. giveaway straight to yeah. a Winnipeg player who goes and scores a goal. That's an unacceptable mistake I, but, for an NHL player. But the reaction was worse. That what way, reaction, he, man? The, but that's yeah. This is a guy who's completely resting on his laurels. I know, but like, like you've been browbeaten for years about your contract. There's no rescuing either Neil or Lucic at this point. I agree, but Neil I, got was a healthy scratch in Edmonton. I fuck the Oilers, but like I don't want to talk about them. But fuck, like I mean, like, but I, I'm not saying I'd forgive him for the fucking giveaway, but at least fucking look like you're trying to get it back. I know you're, I know you're slower out there. I know that you can't keep keep up with some of these guys on on an acceleration basis, but give me something that you try. Like I, you looked pissed, but fucking skate, man. He was still fucking. He can't floating. skate. That's the problem. I don't care. He can't I move. Really like Lucic. <laughs> I do, man. I, honestly, like a guy like that is not a bad guy to have on your team. But it's just the role that he's been given on this team. We're is giving too much. him way too much, way too much, way too many minutes. That's what I'm saying. 
And like I'm trying to I'm trying to say I appreciate him, but he shouldn't be getting that many minutes. That's all. That's all. In fairness to in fairness to Bennett, after this news came out, it's been like the most amicable thing ever. Like Ward and totally. Goudreau came out and they were like, We still see a role for Bennett. Bennett hasn't agitated at all. Like he's played better since he got that off. Yeah, like honestly, I think there's a chance of reconciliation here. And it's not like a Dubois situation in Columbus or a Liney situation in Winnipeg. Like, there's a chance Bennett stays, I say. But part of me as well is thinking, you know, this might just be uh, we don't protect this guy when the Seattle expansion draft comes around and all of a sudden he's picked up by them, which is lucky for them, in fairness. And and that's, you know, where lies sometimes the conundrum, right? Like, do you... You know, for, for, for what, two seasons there, the backland line was actually our best performer, right? And with then, Kachuk and with Lindholm. Right. Those are two great players that... Huh. Right. But at the ba- same Backlund time... Backland is not a bad player. No, but we're he's, not saying that, but he's underperforming Backland like crazy. is a... I would... I, Backland is in a, the ideal role for him right now, which is a third-line center and killing power plays. I agree. But at five-plus million a year, no, no thank you. Um... I know, but we don't have a choice. It's a sunk cost at this point, right? Yeah, so but we got to have... stop worrying about these players and these contracts. Like, NHL teams in general seems to be obsessing about acquiring strong centermen. Yeah, but I mean, if you put Backlund in that third-line center role, just to even send a wake-up call, give Bennett that opportunity to be the second-line center. But we probably I, I, I would argue we right? don't have a first-line center on our team to begin with. What's wrong with Monaghan? He's, he's a great player, not a first-line center. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, he's, he, he, <laughs> I don't think he's first-line on many other teams in the NHL. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, I mean, probably not. On, on, these, on good teams, he's probably not the first-line like, center. Name me a team. He's a first-liner no, on I, uh, I, Arizona? No, I, sure. I understand that now. I, I get what you're saying now. So any like decent team, he's probably not. If we get, a, not. If we get a player like Pierre-Luc Dubois, he replaces Monaghan. Yeah, but does he on this franchise? I, I would assume so. I'd hope so. You know, so. like the funny thing is like Lindholm should actually be on the first line, but he's not. Lindholm is probably a better player than Monaghan. Yeah. But I think just Goudreau and Monaghan but have yeah, that, that chemistry. Chemi- you can't beat that chemistry. They, they, ha- they really I, I, do Monaghan's not a bad player. I just don't think he's, he's the first-line center you really want, and most teams wouldn't take him as their first-line guy. It'd be quite the luxury to have Monaghan as your second-line center. I think, It'd be quite I the think, luxury to have Backlund sure, as your third-line center. He's a great second-line center, but teams like Toronto have uh, Matthews Tavares center yeah. pairing. You know, McDavid and whoever the fuck else plays in Edmonton. Like, I don't even know what <laughs> Vancouver's... Like, Shifley and Dubois in Winnipeg. I'd take both of those guys over I, Monaghan. Shifley's just got that. Yeah, he's a dickhead, but Re- like he's resting a, bitch face. Yeah. Dude version. I, I honestly have no idea who plays center in Ottawa. Monaghan would be a first line center in Ottawa, but would way, you take way, way to raise his bar? Would you take uh, Mika Zabinijad over Monaghan? No, and only because of his his uh, chemistry with Goodrow. But I mean, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you're not giving me the best examples, but 
Yeah, like I'm not. I'm gonna take a Drew over him. There are some right? really, there are some really awful teams in the NHL right now where Monahan would be a first line guy. But there's also some really good teams where he he wouldn't be, and perhaps he wouldn't even be close to their second line. Say Toronto, for example. Yeah. But for the Flames, I think we should be aiming a little higher for our first line center. Yep. And if Lindholm is our second line guy, our our first and second line guy, there's basically zero difference between them. But well, it, can... Lindholm has been a bit of an unsung hero for me so far. Always, he just he does he everything. Does everything. Yeah. yeah, like he just he just penalty kills, power play, scores, assists. Like does he's a good player. He's work. a really he's a good player. He's our player. best. He's probably our best all round player. Absolutely, I I I can't get enough of Lindholm when he's on the ice. He's I don't. So yeah, good. I don't know who's better than him at every aspect of playing a hockey game. Lindholm is probably the number one guy I I, I would choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, look, it looks like our future is bright here this season. Like we we have shown some really good hockey. So we just need to get that consistency going. Yeah, stop, we got to beat Edmonton on the weekend. Fla- yeah, we got to beat Edmonton on the weekend. Stop starting flat-footed. Don't don't give McDavid the the fucking respect that he gets from a lot of these teams. Like you got to shut him down, because the second he gets a couple strides in, his it's over. It's so hard to keep up with him at that point. Two three strides in, and then he's gone. Yeah, he's fucking gone. He's just yeah. that good. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, we know it's coming. We know what to do. I mean, they've got one line. They have two players. Yeah. They have they. I'm not kidding. They have two players. And no, straight up, Miko Koskinen two. is not a good goalie. <laughs> no, and this is why they won't win a cup. Let's right? let's let's. You know, I would love. I know, I know it's being optimistic, but I would love an absolute like six nothing thumping. I of course every Flames fan would love that, but my God, I'd be I'd be drunk into Tuesday if that happened. <laughs> like it would be so sweet. Yeah, and I I just I really want to win Saturday. Yeah, I think you we know, all do. This Thursday game can be. I, whatever the I'm tired of playing of Winnipeg yeah like like yeah. Uh, let's 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 play well let's of course win but you know what if we don't win it's not the end of the world I think winning a statement on Saturday is what we really want so that's where I'm at anything else all good here well I mean we're doing this more often so nobody can say we didn't keep our promise yeah if you're still <laughs> listening at this point you're a diehard so you know what I forgot to do at the beginning? I forgot to thank people for listening. I was going to do that. I was going to be like, thank it's, you. It's too fucking late now. I know. I'd be, I'd be shocked if like it's the end of the episode. family members even made it this far. Well, yeah. Yeah. We made it to the music for last one. We made it to the music for the last one. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, yeah. It's okay. Well, it, won't, it won't hear it. We, they won't be able to hear that. <laughs> That's pretty loud, actually. I don't think they can hear that, though. If they couldn't hear the fucking dishwasher last time, they wouldn't be able this to. This is louder this. than the dishwasher. I don't if know, you, man. The, that blumber. I'm gonna fucking... I'm gonna listen to it now and I'm gonna find out. Yeah. So well, we're, thanks we're, for listening. We're gonna leave it in. <laughs> yes. Um thank you so much for listening. As always, at Flame Fans at Flames Fancast on Twitter. Um and flamesfancast at gmail.com if you want to reach us. Uh oh, you know what we didn't talk about? That uh, bullshit website. There was a website that had the 10 best Flames podcasts. And they weren't even Flames podcasts. And we weren't even on there. That was bullshit. So if... Yeah, you're right. But also, if you could give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you are, wherever you listen, 
um, a five-star rating would be ideal. We'd, we'd really appreciate that. And we, uh, you know, we love doing this and it's just fun to interact with you guys and fun to hear what you say and just fun to interact with the fan base. And we really appreciate everything you do for us. So thank you so much. Have a great evening. This has been episode 59 of the Flames Fancast. Bye-bye.